Alright, this is Art131 with Wyndham Graves, and I have Winfred Hawkins here. Uh, Winfred, if you'd introduce yourself and just give us a little background, uh, that'd be lovely. Sure. Uh, like you said, my name is Winfred Hawkins. Uh, I was born in Montgomery, Alabama, um, with their background. Uh, I've been drawing since forever. I don't really remember when. I, I do remember, like, early drawings and stuff, but uh um started copying from my dad and uh got better than him and he quit drawing because of it <laughs> and then uh um after that you know we did uh, some art classes it's btw it's a magnet program uh montgomery and then i went i eventually transferring going to uh scad savannah college of art and design where i graduated and 2007 um and i've been a graphic designer for past 10 11 years uh and recently i've come just going on my own um uh, kind of working myself now you know graphic design as well as other art projects that's, that's really cool that's the nutshell um, so, so when you, you you were talking about um, drawing from when you were a, a, a young kid, um, you have a very particular art style, um, and I was wondering kind of how how far back could you go in your art and see that style? Um, Tell about the style I do currently. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, all even all your stuff that I've seen kind of has the same feel and flavor to it. And I was just wondering, like, was that a thing that's kind of been there since you were younger or is that a more recent uh, affect? No, it's, um, it's, a, it's, it's a more recent thing. However, like, mm, that's kind of a mixed bag actually. Uh, so originally I'm, I'm actually a very traditional drawer, artist, painter, whatever. Um, I was mm -hmm. all about hyper-realism and, uh, you know, all of that, you know, how real can you make a thing? Um, how accurate can you draw or paint? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, of course, you know, growing up, you know, in the mid-80s slash 90s. I say mid-80s because, you know, you're born in – I was born in 82, so I can't really claim the 80s. I don't really remember a lot. I mean, I remember some things, but not enough to say I'm like, born in the 80s. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Ninja Turtles, G.I. Joe, Thundercats, all that kind of stuff. You know, I, I drew those as well. I drew X-Men and stuff like that. But it was like a, it's just because I thought it was cool. It wasn't because it was like, you know, hey, I'm going to be a comic book artist or anything like that. It was just more of, this is cool. I want to draw it. But the main thing is, was just the realism. Um, and actually, the reason why I have my style, the style that I have now, is actually because I had a circuit. And I guess, I guess it can be kind of one points we were discussing earlier was about um, uh, your style as, as, as an artist. Um, of course, so to me, like, a style is a choice. It's not a crutch. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it is something that you choose to do on purpose. Um, it's like, it's not like, hey, I can't draw hands, so I'm not going to draw hands, and that's going to be my style. Like, no, that's not a style. That's you not knowing how to draw hands. Oh, you mean that every kid, every kid that draws a character with their hands in their pockets isn't doing it stylistically? <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? You know, um, so, um, so basically, um, in um, 
2012, I actually developed a uh, nerve condition uh, mm-hmm. in my in my arms, in both my arms. And um, because of that, um, I mean, it's a lot better now. Over the, over the years, it's gotten a lot better. But um, because of that, I developed this kind of style. And it, it started off with me drawing with my opposite hand. And okay. so I would, yeah. And so I, I uh, taught myself how to draw with my opposite hand. Um, and... Um, in that process, I developed all these characters in this world and all this stuff. Um, and then after a while, I decided I'll say, okay, well, I'm gonna redraw some of the stuff with my good hand. With my left, I'm left-handed. But, okay. Uh, with my left, with my left hand. So, um, so any, I, I continue that even today. So, I'll, if I'm coming up with ideas for something, I'll draw some hand and then go back with my left hand and refine it. So do you and think that makes you it. more creative, or does it, or is it just one of those things where it takes away your ability to control it? Uh, both actually, um, because it's my right. Okay, so my right hand is a lot more free and not very specific. It's just like because I know I'm not. I mean, I'm pretty good with my right hand now, but I'm not like as good as I am. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 since I know that, it's not like. I guess the best way to say it. Um, is I have to try to not draw straight lines with my left hand. Oh, I see. Yeah, where you're very hard. You know what I mean? Yeah, you'll automatically do uh, well-fared lines with your left hand. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and it's very specific, and it's very like you know. So with my with my other hand, it because I know I can't draw straight lines as much. I don't. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, don't I, I don't rely it. upon that. Yeah, I just draw whatever. It's like it's like a giant brainstorm session. That's a really you know, cool. A idea. creative bomb goes off. <laughs> yeah, if you can't make it perfect, you don't you don't bother trying. Yeah. Um, you were talking about, and, and just before we move on, uh, for those people listening, there are the links to Winfred's website. Uh, I would suggest going to that and flipping through his galleries, and you'll get an idea of the characters and. Uh, art style that we're talking about right now um and for those watching on youtube late uh later i'll have the links there as well uh okay anyway um so you were talking about that that was the point in time at which you started to develop these characters and this world um would you go into that a little bit more is this like a consistent like mcu style universe um or is this just like a, a tangent on reality Okay, so um, all right, so there's there's multiple things here. I'm 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 gonna try not to give the entire story because we'll be here all day. Well, that's so, okay. Well, here, um, <laughs> is there is is it one universe or is there a, is there two or three separated? Um, no, assemblies? it's 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 one it it's one main universe. Um, so I I I will put this little pin on it. The the current work that I'm doing now, I'm working on a series of um, it's called Sheeple. Mm-hmm. And the sheeple don't really have a universe. It's just something I made up. Okay. Um, I, I could probably find a way to fit them in there some kind of way, but right now there's no real story behind them. Okay. Um, and so one one of the purposes behind doing the characters in the world and stuff is a lot. Of, all of my work is, well, not all, but maybe ninety percent of my work is heavily allegorical and heavily, you know, symbolic. Mm-hmm. Um. So um, I take references from current world situations of things that's happened to me, of you know politics, of whatever, 
and I incorporate that into my work. And so anything I do with my left hand is usually is far more political, far more, you know, social awareness, far more, you know, it touches on heavy things, even though it's very like kind of lighthearted looking and, you know, playful or whatever. It's really about a lot of social issues. Mm -hmm. And when I do things with my right hand, it's just like fun, free, go lucky, like whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, that's so interesting uh, um, that you can actually for, put for the... two universes out of each hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or it's, one out of each hand, I should say. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, but um, your question was... But yeah, so let's go into the your your other universe, the one that you right, designed. Right, right. So, um, so I have these characters, and the characters are God. Okay, and they all are like a blue kind of skin tone. Mm -hmm. um, and so, so one one of my one of my uh, issues, I guess, or or thinking growing up was that you know I I grew up in a very weird space where I went to like white schools, I went to black schools, I went to like I I was been around a lot of people, a lot of different kind of people that didn't look like me, mm -hmm. and also did look like me, and also had very different you know, characteristics and whatnot. And so I told myself that I wasn't going to prescribe to any of that stuff. And I was just going to be my own person. I was going to be my own, when I say, I, I was going to be my own, uh, my own uh, culture and my own people. Right. Okay. And, and so, um, so these, these children are, are, and, and part of that world is very spiritual. I grew up, um, Seventh-day Adventist. Very okay. Like, for the sake of um for the the easiest way to explain it is like you're like a messianic jew kind of yeah and that's not what they are it's just that's the easiest way to explain um so anyway um i'm saying all that because of i was thinking about okay how can i have tackle two things one is the spiritual aspect and two is this idea that because you're black you have to draw like people that obviously look black and all this stuff. And I didn't want to play the whole race card thing. Okay. So, um, so I made them blue and that question never comes up, <laughs> yep. you know? So the, the, all the kids and characters and stuff, they're, they're blue. And part of that comes from, um, Hindu, uh, Hinduism. Cause you know, they're the way they symbolize a God is they have like a blue tint or like a purplish kind of tint. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's that's that. So that's my also nod to spirituality. Um, and they also have like red eyes and yep. the red eyes would be like the carnal part of like basically you have these two elements warring with each other. You have the these physical versus the spiritual in one body. Right. Mm -hmm. And that the red eyes symbolize the stuff that's inside of you, you know, the blood and, you know, the humanness of you. Um, and it's also a nod to my dad, who's uh, his. <laughs> His um the blood vessels in his eyes would um would get irritated sometimes and he would make his eyes look red. And oh, that's so, a that's I, a cool callback. Yeah, yeah, and and I also have allergies. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's a little you know, bit allergies are real. Yeah, yeah. Oh, especially yeah. right now. Uh, yeah. So, all right. So, so the story goes like this: You have these kids. They live on the sun, and they're gods. Okay, so basically, a sun. The sun is basically the reason why it's so bright is because that's where all the gods go and they party. Okay. And they go and hang out. And that's why it's so bright all the time. Okay. And so there's these 
God kids, children that are just hanging out on the sun with, you know, their parents or whatever, and they're partying, whatever. And say, and planets are, they're also places to live, but they're also modes of transportation. Okay. okay. And an atlas, so um, notice I'm, I'm taking lots of ideas from different cultures and religions. Yeah. So, so an atlas is a person, he's the navigator for the planet, for each planet. So he's like, he lives or whatever in the center of this planet and he kind of guides it and takes it wherever it needs to go. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's this one Atlas who got jealous because he wanted to go to a party with the, the other guys and he couldn't do it. And he got stuck basically doing paperwork or whatever in this planet, taking care of this other planet. And so he decides that he was going to go to this, to this party, hell or high water. Uh, and so he goes he goes to this party or basically he takes the entire planet with him and he crashes it into this the sun uh, and this particular sun was kind of small and this particular planet was kind of large all right so it caused some problems so when he's okay. crashed into uh crashed into the sun obviously he killed everyone on his planet you know and these children that were on the sun, they fly off into other dimensions, into you know other worlds and planets and stuff like that. And some of them end up on, for the sake of this argument, I'm going to call Earth. Okay. Okay. Um, so that's and their goal is to basically get back to the sun. They're trying to find their way back home, essentially, because yeah. of what had happened. Uh, and also there is, um, so the Atlas, uh, his. His um, parts of his body gets thrown down to this this planet, to a planet where some of these children are, um, and he lands in the ocean. And it's 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 his head, right? His head gets uh, no, actually no. I'm sorry. They keep his head. The gods keep his head. I mean, because they're, they're immortal, right? Mm-hmm. So the gods keep his head, and they throw his body down into uh, this ocean uh, water area. And so these fish start nibbling on this this god carcass, and because of that, they become aware and they become like more like people. That's like the genesis of their species of people. Um, so they're they originated from fish, mm-hmm. okay? Um, and they also have a little bit of some power. So they're like demigods, kind of. They're like, and the more of the flesh of this god that you consume the more powerful and stronger you can get. Uh, but if you go too much because you're only a demigod or whatever, you'll go crazy. Okay. Um, and so on this planet, there's... Uh, so so uh, the planet, um, be- before he died, though, the Atlas dies, he, he detached five of his fingers. And those are basically... Those fingers um, are on this planet, on that planet, and they become life forms in and of themselves. They become very, very... Strong powerful life forms because they're still part they're still have this god and they become the leaders of this planet that they're on and so they have you know there's these five beings who are all powerful whatever and on this planet and they basically guide this culture of fish people or whatever through the millennia and trying to find ways to uh escape this planet and go get revenge on the gods or whatever and meanwhile these children are down there some of them have amnesia. Some of them, uh, so the kids don't really know how to control their powers. Like they kind of do, but not really because they're kids. 
and and uh, so these uh, the Atlas Finger Minion guys and the uh, fish people kind of find out about these other little gods, and they manage to actually capture one of them. And uh, one of them is a, is this girl who uh, turns her body into space. Um, her name is Void. And okay, so Void is actually about uh, a, pr- a friend of mine who mm-hmm. um, she had a lot of issues with uh, uh, with men and with uh, uh, being sexually assaulted and mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff um, in her childhood and just throughout life. She's had a huge problem with just people just doing all kinds of crazy stuff to her. So basically, she she turns herself into space so nobody can touch her. Ah. Right, yeah, but so so they managed to capture her some kind of way, and she one of her powers is that she can transport you to other dimensions and stuff like that. And so um, this is starting to bleed into another series that I did. So I did I recently about two years ago I did a series called Battery Babies, and this is part of their story as well. So so um, uh, these people find Void, and then they find out how to use her power, and they t- and they teleport her to a place called teleport them to a place called Limbo, and in Limbo they find these little spirits, these little sprite things, like like really really small small microscopic things that a different god had put there for a different reason that I don't really want to get into right now. Okay. But anyway, they they capture all these things, all these little spirit sprite things, and they put them inside a machine. And that's why it's called battery babies, right? Because they these 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 little sprite things power these machines, which power their world, mm-hmm. right? They use them for energy and stuff like that. And all of that is also a nod to the transatlantic slave trade, right? Yeah. Where you go to another world, you capture a bunch of people, you force them into this system, which will be a machine, and they have to operate within that machine or within that system. And um, over time. Uh, the spirits in that in those machines clump together to create some sort of consciousness, and they begin to manipulate the the, the machine that they're in. Anyway, but that's oh, and that's a whole clever. other story in of itself. Yeah, no, I yeah. really like that. So that's, that's a whole. A, so that's yeah. your um, what is it? Creation myth for your? Yeah, yeah. Basically, it's the creation. That's awesome. I never realized and, uh, it was all there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, um, and it makes some of your stuff, uh, I don't know if it's darker or more connected or what, but it definitely changes the tone of a lot of uh, of a lot of your work to know that there is this overarching thing happening. Yeah, and and so I so when I when I do the works, I don't really go a lot into the mythology of it. Um, it's like when, once you do know the mythology, it definitely helps your understanding of what. It, uh, and I do. I probably need to do a better job at at really uh, creating that story. But um, yeah, you should just do I like do think... a um, uh, what is it when you see like a, a like Bible stories for kids? You gotta just do <laughs> yeah. that for your for your yeah. characters. Yeah, you know, I thought about that. Doing like a series, of like like almost like children's books or whatever. Yeah, you could tell that story pretty easily, and it'll make a pretty cool kids book too, just because it's such yeah. a neat story and it's relatable. Yeah. Um, yeah, why did you specifically choose to use uh, kids for your uh, main characters as opposed to, as, as you said, their parents or or just a oh. wider range of, you know, ages? Right. 
Um, okay, so actually, I got this from my 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 nephew, um, kind of. So when I when I was in high school at BTW, I used to draw. You know, I told you I used to draw all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. And you know, by by then it was like Dragon Ball, right? Everyone was drawing Dragon Ball and oh, all yeah. that stuff. So I would draw myself like a Dragon Ball character, and I would draw my people in my classroom as a Dragon, you know, Dragon Ball character. Mm -hmm. And so, um, oh. Something to be said about process during this time okay. is that a lot of times people think because you're creative, like, oh, you just always have been creative, whatever. I'm telling you, I was a very boring kid. <laughs> like, I could not, I could, I could not draw something that I could not. See. Yeah. Okay. I was highly, highly dependent upon physical things. And uh, what broke me out of that was surrealism. I saw surrealism and Salvador Dali and all those people. And I was like, huh. I never thought you could do that. You yeah. know, you can create something real, but it's not real at the same time. It's idea, you know? And so so then I told myself, okay, well, I'm going to train myself how to be creative. So what I did was, and this is where my sketchbooks come into play. This is why drawing your sketchbook is so important. Yeah, we'll, we'll um, talk a lot about sketchbooks uh, later on. It, yeah. Uh, and, and so what I did was I created a sketchbook. I said, okay. I have some some knowledge of comic books and stuff like that. I used to draw X-Men or whatever, Ninja Turtles. What I'm going to do is I'm going to dedicate this sketchbook to just making up characters and things. It doesn't matter how bad they are. It doesn't matter how stupid looking they are. Like, I'm, that's what I'm going to do. If, if I have to use other things for references or whatever, that's what I'll do. And so I did that for about a year. Mm -hmm. And that kind of, and, and you know, it was, so you go from highly realistic to strictly cartoon looking comic book stuff right yeah, yeah uh and i did that for a year and after that i said okay now that that's done um i'm going to combine these, these two ideas the realism and this new creative approach and that's where i started creating like surrealistic works and stuff like that um it's just it's just like it's like brain training you're just training your brain to get used to thinking about things that's not used to thinking mm -hmm. yeah, um, that makes sense yeah <laughs> um so, um, ah, sorry, I lost, I lost your question. No, that's fine. Um, it was about uh, why, why, child, why children specifically for your characters. Right, children specifically, right. So I was drawing myself yeah. a lot, and I was drawing myself in my current age. And so years down the line, after college, whatever, I used to – I also play guitar, or I used to kind of play guitar uh, a bit. And I was in this band uh, with, with my friend, uh, and um, – I had recently quit the band, and, and during that time, I, I decided to dive into my childhood. Um, it's something that I never really, I never, at, before then, I never really, like, I knew, I, I, I remember a lot about things that happened to me as a kid, but I never really dove into what they mean or why and how I felt and all that kind of uh -huh. So I started doing a lot of mental games with myself as far as remembering my childhood and figuring stuff out. And during that time, I had a lot of weird dreams a lot of stuff, you know, about my grandmother, about my dad, about, you know, all kinds of stuff. And what I did was I made a series of works where I would draw this blue, this, this God character that I had. Mm -hmm. And then I would go around town and take photographs. And then I would superimpose this cartoony, like, you know, character into these photographs and make it in match all the lighting and everything to make it look like they belonged inside of this photograph. Yeah. So, and there's two reasons for that. So you have this this idea of you have this quote unquote real world that you know grown ups always tell you know when you get to the real world, 
you know. But to children, to children, that is the real world. There, you know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. it's never, none of this is never not the real world, right? Um, to a child, like, all of these things actually exist, you know? Yeah, there's and, no difference between perceived right. and actual reality. Yeah. Right. And so my question was, okay, how can I collide these two ideas that are both ridiculous, right? First mm-hmm. of all, you know, adults are just grown children, essentially. And, you know, and the way they treat their systems are a lot like children, even though they perceive themselves not to be. And then you have an actual child who lives in this weird space of almost like fantasy conscious, con- uh, uh, constantly, and also of self-discovery and, and, and wonder and all that stuff. And how do you merge those two to make them look like they belong together, right? And so that was my that was that idea, mm-hmm. uh, and and so and then I said, oh well, why do I have to draw myself at my current age? Why can't I just draw myself as a child? Because all of this stuff is is me remembering my childhood. So I'm just gonna draw that, and and that's yeah. what one of the main characters is. I mean, it's obviously it's me, and there's there's actually two versions of me so there's a male version and a female version and the male version is actually more subdued and more like um shy i guess or whatever but Mm -hmm. if you make him really really mad he'll like he'll like do some stuff to you um and the girl is like kind of like imagine kind of like a wolverine like character like she's like don't mess with me like i'm gonna mess you up like we about to go do some stuff yeah like you know she's the one that will straight kill you you know (laughs) (laughs) uh but she always does it for the greater good. Like Wolverine is not a bad guy, but he will straight kill you if he has to, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so that's where also the word, um, so my name, um, when I'm doing my left-handed stuff, I go by the name of uh, Akachi, which means hand of God. Um, and it's, it's, it's like, you know, it's like an act of God that I've got my arms, I can use my arms again. So I have, that word uh and so the boy's name is well the girl's name is aka or aka the words uh a-k-a-c-h-i and the Mm -hmm. girl's name is aka and we don't we never say the boy's name we just call him boy and yeah and uh part of that is because he doesn't really speak to anyone well enough to for them to know his name and uh, which is yeah and and two which also is a nod, you know, I, plus I didn't remember people's names growing up at all. I didn't really talk to first real conversation, like actual real conversation I had with someone was when, was when I was in, um, um, and I, I'm also, I also have dyslexia. So like talking with people was not really a thing that I like to do. Yeah. I can imagine. Um, yeah. So, um, so, um, um, Right, and so part of the, the the reason why the other reason why he's called boy is because when my dad would get upset, he would call me boy all the time, <laughs> like 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 yeah. it's an insult. But no, but see, like it's it's funny. It doesn't you know. It's like okay, whatever. Now, however, context, right? Oh yeah, I know. My dad was like, well, he wasn't. My dad died of a heart attack in two thousand seven, which is one of the reasons why I came back home. Mm-hmm. Um, he was roughly fifty something, fifty, 
65. He wasn't 60. He was almost 60. Yeah. But um, so he lived through a lot of things in his lifetime. He grew up in a time where a, ch- a white child would call a grown man boy. Yeah. And there's nothing he could do about it. Yep. Because if he did, he would go tell his dad and there would be repercussions for it. Yep. Right. So if so, when my dad calls me boy, it's not it's, it's like it's the most disrespectful thing he, that he can think of to possibly call me without cursing at me yep. or calling me the N word. Yeah. Like, you know, so and I always kind of made fun of it because I knew that's why he was doing it. Because it's like he's trying to assert something on me that doesn't belong to me. Like, those are your ghosts. Those are not mine. You know? That's interesting. Um, yes. Uh, and uh, anyway, um, so that's why the kid's name is Boy. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and, and that's also why I draw myself as, as a kid. So, um, and there's, you have the two sides, the boy and the girl side. Um, yeah. Yeah, just flipping through your stuff, um, I don't see many of the girl. I see a lot of the boy one. Yeah, yeah, you know, because sometimes I struggle to draw her. I really do. Um, there, there are a few pictures of her, but not a whole lot. Um, yeah. And because I don't really quite know exactly what to do with her. Exactly, right? That's interesting. Yeah, because it's, well, it's a side of myself that I don't really do a lot. Ever. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't, I don't really go off of pretty easy easygoing person so like it's 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 difficult it's difficult for me to to draw something and not put myself in that position yeah in the the boy position yeah yeah so yeah let me see i i had actually thought about that many times doing just a series of just her in it but i could never think about what to do and now i guess i should read some wolverine yeah i guess so uh so you need some strong female uh, characters in your life. <laughs> um, so one thing you, you have a lot of is um, floating limbs and appendages. Uh, mm-hmm. Mainly arms, I think. I don't think I see anything that's not arms. Uh, but you do have these like floating arms, but it's usually not the person's arms. They're like just extra floating arms yeah yeah what are those about yeah is that is that the whole thing with the with the god fingers and stuff like that or is there something else going on here it's part of the hindu um so okay so um so when the kids when the kids get it's basically like i guess kind of like uh avatar kind of thing avatar the airbender kind of thing where like you go into god mode and you have extra arms and they you know you get more powerful and stuff Mm. it's kind of like that um as far as the storyline is concerned so your arm the extra arms are not really attached to your body they kind of float around and some of that comes from surrealism where you have this idea of floating objects yeah um salvador dali used that a lot and you know other um surrealists use that idea a lot um yeah it's the one uh, thing that really doesn't happen in the real world yeah yeah exactly um uh and yeah so so that's that's kind of what that's about is just you know harnessing that spiritual uh deep you know god like spiritual thing and uh, using 
Awesome. Yeah. Okay, so let's uh, actually touch on your sketchbook real quick before I forget. Okay. Um, right. You do more sketching than I think anybody that I know by <laughs> probably an order of magnitude. <laughs> um, so yeah, so so talk about, uh, if, if you would, um, your your ideas about your sketchbook um, and what you encourage other people to do with with things like that and all that. Because um, you just use your folded paper kind, right? Well, sometimes, yeah. Um, so take, I would say, go buy the most expensive sketchbook you possibly can. And plan plan to draw something amazing on every page. And then take the first three pages and scribble on them. And destroy that sketchbook. And then go <laughs> and buy go and buy a cheap five dollar sketchbook and fill that thing with every drawing you can possibly think of. Okay, this idea of sketchbooks are these sacred things that you have to draw everything perfect. That that's stupid. It's stupid. Mm -hmm. Get rid of it. Don't do that ever. Like, you know, the biggest stumbling block to 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 people learning how to draw or or just drawing is the act of drawing. Like we have this weird reverence towards the object that we're drawing on. Like it's a sheet of paper, you know pick up your hand, get a pencil, and just draw on the thing. And then if you mess up, guess what? You have another page. Turn the page, draw it again. Turn the page, draw it again. Mm -hmm. Turn the page, draw something else, modify it, and draw it again. Like, that's what sketchbooks are for. They're to work out ideas, right? Mm -hmm. um, I also I also theme my ideas. I have themes in my uh, sketchbooks. Um, okay. So say, say if I'm having a problem drawing hands, and that's another good thing. It's like, listen, it, it, we all know what our weaknesses are. Yeah. So whether we want to admit that or not is a different issue. But we need to run towards those weaknesses, not hide from them. So if you know, if you for real, for real know, and you're not lying to yourself, that you don't know how to draw hands, go get you a little sketchbook, five by seven sketchbook, and fill that thing with drawings of hands. That's mm -hmm. the only thing that you do. From every angle, every position, make fists, make peace signs, make whatever you need to do, do something from memory, study the anatomy, do whatever you need to do. Feel that entire – and I don't mean, like, in a year's time. I mean with, like, a month or two. Mm -hmm. Like, be done with that in a month or two and just, like, go all in on it, you know. Um, uh, you know, I've got, I've got about 100, 200 sketchbooks. So you in, keep in, all your sketchbooks? My, yeah, I have a lot of them. That's interesting. A lot of, a lot of them not full though. I used to have a hard, really bad habit when I was younger, just like starting sketchbooks and not finishing. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I still have some really, really old sketchbooks when I was younger. I, I have some from when I was in high school. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, uh, and that's the other thing. Keep your work. Don't throw it away. Don't erase it all. You need to see that work so you can see how you're progressing. Uh -huh. Right, like when you go back and like, oh my God, look at that arm, man, that's awful. I didn't know, like Jesus, you know, <laughs> you know, 
Don't yeah. be afraid to go back. And, and some of your old work has some really good ideas in there, too. Like, there's some stuff I would go back and look back like, oh, yeah, I forget about that. I need to redo that. That's pretty cool, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so keep keep your old work um, um, and theme your sketchbooks so you have a plan. Like, so, you, you know, there's and, – and this theme doesn't have to be by subject matter. It can be by media. Like, I have sketchbooks with just pen drawings in there, like shading and stuff. I have sketchbook with just surrealism. I have sketchbook with um, cartoony stuff, with right-handed drawings. Like um, recently, I did um, a series of works, um, kind of based off uh, my dyslexia, in uh, called uh, "Reality Is Not Real," mm-hmm. and it was a show in uh, Troy, uh, the Johnson City of the Arts. That was the one you just put up, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, there, there is something like. 50 to 60 paintings in that series of works. Um, and they're all fairly like abstracted uh, um, images of, of faces um, done in various ways. Uh, but before I painted any of those 60, like I've got, I've got four or five sketchbooks completely full of just drawings for that one show. You know, and you know that you know I did in a year. So when I say I did in a year, I did all the drawings and all the paintings in one year for that show. So um, you know, um, and this is uh, this is gallery number one on your website, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So uh, sketches are very important, and it helps you find where the kinks are before you commit to something bigger um it helps you with your process as well um now another thing with uh with sketchbooks is uh you said that it's not a perfect thing and and a lot of what goes in there is not really uh good or or is not really like stuff that's ever going to be a a finished piece uh how do you feel about people asking you to see your sketchbook because i always do that to you oh i don't (laughs) care I don't care. Well, I mean, like, the thing is, okay, so I also have a sketchbook with ink drawings in it. So so my process, so when I'm doing my left-handed style, more graffiti, urban-looking kind of, you know, uh-huh. tighter, you know, yeah. more clean lines, I, I, draw my, I draw a character or whatever or whatever I'm going to draw in my sketchbook. I ink it, make it really nice, and then I scan that drawing, and then digitally color it uh and then i turn it into a decal or basically a large sticker and then i um uh i paint the backgrounds on a wooden panel they're usually 24 by 24 is my my default kind of um size Mm -hmm. and then i um apply the decal to the wood to the to to the panel and then i i seal that so okay. every piece that you see that um, that has that look to it are physical objects, even though I mean they they I use some digital as well, but they're physical things that actually exist in this world. Um, when I'm doing, however, when it likes okay, so right now I told you I'm working on uh, this idea of sheeple. Um, so the process is that before I actually do the physical board. Mm-hmm. I I do like a mock up of it in 
strictly digital in a computer of what I want the color scheme to kind of be of you know the kind of elements I want to and so right recently I've, I've posted some of them on Facebook those are not the final works those are like the more digital for, for versions of the work mm-hmm. and um, they'll probably be the prints I'll probably use those for prints and not my, not the finish or like when I do the originals those will be the only ones that exist and oh, okay. you cannot get those and so when yeah. i make prints of them they're going to be the digital version okay so it's without um, so all the additional the paint and all of that right okay right so that's a good way to do uh, that yeah so i i do have sketchbooks with nice drawings in there um partly partly because if i'm drawing with my left hand it's difficult for me to not draw straight lines and for, yeah. you know what i mean so like it's going to look nice more often than not if you want to see messy drawings, you have to look at my right hand sketchbooks because those are very like crude and crazy. Yeah. <laughs> now you you talked a little bit about um, shooting towards urban and graffiti art, but we live in a place that really doesn't have a whole lot of that. Um, yeah. Do you still use ideas from stuff around here, or do you uh, use the more traditional sources of graffiti art, like nineteen seventies New York and things like that? Um, okay, so two things. Um, I, I, I had a friend growing up. Um, his name was Mario, and he he was really into graffiti. And, and uh, well, he still is now. And uh, I learned a lot from him about graffiti. <coughs> like I'm Excuse I'm me. not like an expert. Like I would never call myself a graffiti artist. Like not ever. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm an artist that uses graffiti for the things I want to use it for. But I'm not a graffiti at all. Um, and I learned a lot from him. Uh, as far as the graffiti that I like, I cannot stand New York style. I cannot stand American style graffiti. Okay, so what are you We've looking been doing, for? We have been doing the same thing for like decades and it has not changed. And it's heavily based on letter forms, which is okay. But even our letter forms are kind of boring okay yeah. you know if you if you if you go to europe or if you go to even germany or even latin america they do some very interesting things with shape it's like it's evolved you you can see that hey they took this idea and they really pushed it forward you know there's characters involved there's different color schemes there's all kinds of wacky crazy like um uh experimentation with letter forms and like you know three-dimensional uh stuff and mm-hmm. just like and that's not to say that Amer- there are no good, you know, American graffiti. I mean, this is where it started. I mean, of course there are, but I'm just saying it's just like to me, I feel that America has gotten the American graffiti scene has gotten stuck, and we've been stuck for a long, long time, and we don't know how to move past it. We have this this thing for nostalgia, like oh, you have to the throwback to this old, like dude, I don't care about your old <laughs> throwback, whatever. Just make it look cool, okay? Like I don't care. So, um, um, uh, going exploring other places and other cultures and seeing what they do with something—that's that's what I'm more into. I've kind of I've kind of given up on my local scene to be any type of inspiration for me, unless it's like situational stuff or yeah. you know. Uh, spiritual stuff or, or uh, things that aren't directly related to art but that influence my art. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm looking through through some of your stuff that does have graffiti in it. It looks like you're using a little bit of um, Japanese influence stuff with some of your character and letter forms yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, and and the other part of the graffiti, my style, uh, when I choose to do graffiti, it's like I don't try to do super crazy. Okay, there's three there's three types of um, graffiti forms or whatever. You have you have your hand style, which is basically like just writing letters really fast or, or you know, really expressive um, tags. You have a throw-up, uh, which are a quick throw, which means, like, it, it it's basically like the bubble letters, kind of. Uh-huh. People, people, they hate it when you say bubble letters, but that's essentially <laughs> kind of what it is. No, uh, yeah, I mean, it, I mean, they, you know, you're not supposed to call it that. But yeah. anyway, it's for the sake of the arguments, that's the easiest thing to say. Uh, it's basically like if you're going in the subway or whatever and you see and someone has to, you know, put up something real quick. It's a throw up. You throw it up real quick, right? Mm-hmm. You have this certain style that you do. You, you you know, you know exactly how you do this thing. You do it real quick and you leave so you don't get caught by the police. Yeah. Uh, and then you have like a piece. And a piece is just like your, you know, like, you know, piece de resistance type thing. Like, yo, I'm about to, you know, take this wall and do something crazy on it. Uh, you know that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I like to treat my I like so I like to think of myself existing between a quick throw and a piece like in between that. It's okay. like I'm not trying to do something super super like I'm not trying to like I said I'm not trying to be a graffiti artist. Yeah. Um, but at the same time I'm not trying to do something horrible, <laughs> do some really bad throw either. You know. Uh, so my my thing is like I want to be just kind of good enough i don't want to be like super super awesome or anything i'm not trying to you know break new ground in the graffiti world i just want to do something that looks cool uh so that's kind of where i'm at and i'm that's i'm choosing to be content with that right like i said style is a choice Uh right so that's where i'm choosing to be because a lot of anytime i put my mind to something it usually takes over yeah (laughs) You know, so I have to choose, pick and choose my battles. Like, this is one battle that, like, listen, you know, if you look up artists like Dame, D-A-I-M, or um, he's really cool, or if you look up uh, um, a guy named, I don't really I don't really know how to pronounce his name, but it's A-R-Y-Z and uh, Initi, I-N-I-T-I. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they're really good. Um, muralist they're they're more like graffiti murals like they they've made a career out of you know doing graffiti and that kind of um i really like those guys a lot but um cool uh yeah um you were talking about not quite being a child of the 80s um but not quite of you know the 90s either you're right in the middle um and looking through your work you you have a lot of the of the japanese style of that time period of the late 80s early 90s and also a lot of the color schemes um of course the blue for your characters and things like that but just the the other colors you choose to contrast them with are uh some of them are almost like early 90s x-men and uh mega man style some of the mechanics are very mega man and things like that is the is the japanese stuff just um uh continuation of the old dragon ball thing or is there some other uh aesthetic well, desire there? um 
Well, I because okay, so part of it is that I don't want to spend a whole lot of time getting to where I'm trying to go. Okay. I I really do I really do like the cell shading and whatnot of you know American comics and stuff like that. And I like I told you I used to draw Wolverine and Magneto yeah. and all those people all the time. Like I know how to do that. It's just do I want to spend hours doing that? Yeah. <laughs> is the question right? Is like and the answer is no. So I'm not going to do that. I mean I may do I may do a few drawings here and there maybe if I if I want to in that style. But um, so part of it is like is my so like I said, I, I mix and merge a lot of things. So like you know, Akira, I, I love Akira. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Ghost in the Shell, Pistol of the North Star, you know, Ninja Scroll. And just like, before people I'm, go on, uh, just before we go on, uh, if people have not seen Akira, I think it's up. On, oh my god! I think it's up on Amazon Prime right now. Please um, go watch. That. Yeah, please go watch that. It's absolutely excellent, and there's lots of good it, uh, critical work done on it too. Oh yeah, and you're talking about, and there's a lot of social commentary on that. Oh yeah. Oh yes. yes oh yes. my goodness, it's it's crazy. I'm actually very surprised that they did a lot of that stuff. You're talking about, I mean, like, people have like, you know, you know, it. I'm very surprised that they did that back when they did that because I can definitely see some people getting in trouble over that. Oh that yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, All right, even continue. just the manga. Even the mangas as well, because I also own the mangas. There's six. There's six uh, uh, books, and they're really thick, big books. And man, they, it goes it goes so deep. Like it's not even like, it's crazy. Anyway, um, but I, I really I really love um, anime movies. I'm not really a fan of series so much because the animation quality is very low. And oh, I, I know. See. Yeah. And and I know that like. Basically, anime movies are the way of the dodo right now, and it's very difficult to get because of the cost, and especially hand-drawn stuff. But mm -hmm. when I was watching anime growing up, and I saw what saw a movie, the things that blew my mind were the movies. You know, like I said, Fist of the North Star, and like, you know, Akira and and Ninja Scroll and stuff like that. And they're also like, they're also adult. They're not like, they're not. The, the, the thing about anime that people forget is like cartoons is the way the world communicated before there were books okay it wasn't like oh cartoons are for kids like no no cartoons were a way of communication period yeah so this idea you know you don't it's only until disney came along that we thought cartoons were for kids yeah okay I believe I believe it's the very first the very first uh, comic strip that was published in a newspaper was of porn. I could see that. <laughs> yeah, and they and since then they banned that. When you look so at all like, the graffiti on the walls of like Palm, on the walls of uh, Pompeii, and it's all just inappropriate yeah. stuff drawn on the walls. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and all, what what do you think the stained glass windows in cathedrals are? Those are cartoons telling a story of Jesus because the people couldn't read. Yep. Okay, like that's what that is for. So, this idea, like people, are like oh, anime, oh, you're such a child, whatever. Like, no, that's not. Most of the world consumes some form of cartoon, comic, anime as a form of communication. Mm -hmm. And when I say most of the world, I mean China or Asia. In India, I think it's like something like two thirds of the world lives there, yeah. or something crazy like that. Like that's where most of the people on the earth live, and that's what the most people on the earth consume is those things. 
So like, um, that's the other thing that I I I some I battle with a lot when I was first starting to draw this style that I do is because, you know, I come from a background that's very traditional, very like you know. Um, hyper realistic or whatever and sometimes I you know I'll be like man what am I doing like this is stupid like why am I doing this like whatever but you know um, but it's also because I at that time I couldn't sit down for hours and hours and draw things very realistically mm-hmm. and over time it's, it's kind of funny because over time the more the, like when I was doing the whole realistic thing and I was trying to get people to think about hard issues and stuff people would just go up to my piece get super close to it oh say oh that looks like a photograph and then walk away and that's all you get that's all you get that's not terribly useful yeah you know but now it's just like people i get all the questions in the world what does this mean what does that mean because they don't have anything to reference it to it doesn't look like anything so that i've eliminated that part of the equation so now the only thing that you're forced with is content like what is this what does this mean you know Mm -hmm. um so that's 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 pretty funny, uh, but um, or ironic or whatever you want to call it. No, uh, sometimes it looks like you're you um, you also poke fun at uh, that whole culture, the whole uh, what is it, the otaku culture. Um, yeah, yeah. One of your pieces is named "Notice Me, Senpai." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Actually, okay, so that that one is crazy on many, many different levels. All right, let's okay. go into that one. So, this is so the uh, for one... those of you following along at home, if you go to gallery three, it's the second one down on the left, it's the one with the cat, right? And that's yeah. that's on the winfordhawkins.com website, yes. yeah. And uh, okay, so all right, so oh boy, where do I start? So, there's some Japanese symbols mm-hmm. on, on the right side, and that word, it, those words are literally the words that. Um, so they have, there's this thing in anime where they have they make cat sounds or animal sounds, cute animal sounds, uh-huh. and that's what that is. That that's those a... words literally mean n a n a a n a a a, like yeah yeah yeah. That's literally what that is. Um, and you also see references to Pikachu, because it's Pokemon, uh-huh. right? The tail, which yeah. is on there. You got gotta catch them all, kind of thing. But it's also the piece is also a battery baby, so it's it's a battery baby wearing a cow, cat like a Pikachu cat like outfit, right? Mm-hmm. And it's saying "Notice me, senpai," and it's also kind of falling apart. Uh-huh. So remember, I told you that. Um, so the series, uh, this series, is called the Blue, uh, Blue Line Complex, which is a commentary on uh, police brutality and how you know people view i'm not trying to say like police are bad or police are are, are are you know uh saints either i'm just saying this is how i feel about it yeah and take it as you want to okay so um so i use the battery babies in this instance to one get rid of a, a problem which is the demonization of people right yeah people often say oh well all you need is more black policemen like no that's not true either or, oh, you know, well, all policemen aren't bad or whatever. And that's, you know, that's true, too. So you remove people from the equation because, honestly, the thing that we're not talking about is the system. Mm-hmm. It is the system that allows these things to happen. That is the problem. 
It doesn't mm-hmm. matter who you put in the uniform. As long as this system maintains itself, then there will always be these problems. Well, and using okay. the battery babies like you were talking about earlier is a really uh, interesting way to get at that. Exactly. And that that is why, this is a prime example of why I have certain characters. Because if you know the backstory behind why certain characters exist, and then you put that character in another situation, you have you have plural you have dual realities going on at the same time because now you'd also know, okay, he's, oh sorry that's my. Um, you also know now. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, you're good. All right, all right. So you also know now. It's also a kind of a commentary on slavery, uh-huh. right? And being infused in and with slavery comes policing. Mm-hmm. Right becomes the management of black peoples, right? Or or any just really honestly just any um, minority peoples. Period. America has always had a problem, whether it's black or or um, Italian or whatever. America has always had a problem with people who don't belong, kind of, or people who uh, don't fit in or or, or come from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um. Um. So you have this black problem, and, and so dealing with policemen and how black people deals specifically with how minority people deal with police is vastly different. And this idea that, like, policemen are can do no wrong and are saints is just flawed to be um, – and so, uh, so, with, so, so with this piece, um, you also have um, – you also have – Look it up here. <laughs> okay. No, I don't want to tell you. I don't want to tell you something wrong. No, that's fine. Take it. Take your time. Uh, all right. So, on the top of his head, you have a number. That number does not make sense. The comma is in the wrong place. You see that? Oh yeah, I just one. noticed that. So that is seven hundred and eighty-nine people that were killed in twenty seventeen as a result of police brutality. That's what that number. Ah. Right. And also on the on his helmet. On, on if you go down below those letters uh-huh. um, the, below those words you see blk equals mc squared right uh-huh it's black matter it's also a joke on like black yeah. lives matter but it's also black equals matter like an actual physical thing yeah you know so uh you know um which is which is energy right uh if, if any of you know i i I've read a lot about Einstein. Einstein's one of my favorite people. But so it's also you have like, you know, this idea of energy, matter is energy. And like, we are also energy. We're also people, matter. And just doing wordplay with the word matter, right? Mm-hmm. So um, that's part of that too. And so the last level of this, or actually it's not even the last level. It's just like, <laughs> so I know, I mean, you can you can go on and on and on for oh, days. Yeah. This is why I like, this is why I like it. So like you have, this idea. So Banksy did this piece in the Middle East uh, a while, uh, some years ago, and he took a wall that was bombed out and painted a cat on it, mm-hmm. right? Which is that whole uh, internet trope of like, you know, no one pays attention to something unless you put a cute cat on it. Yeah. Right. So that's why the piece is called "Notice Me, Senpai." It's because this battery baby is like falling apart and it says, "Notice me." Basically, like, don't don't like i'm here like treat me nice you know like look at me i'm a cute fuzzy cat don't like you know 
destroy me kind of thing right mm-hmm. and then you have the blue line which in each piece there's a blue line and so he's standing above that in front of that so you have this blue line and the caution tape and all that kind of so there's so many different things there's so many different ways and, and that also can be a commentary on just how people minority people have to adjust themselves according to certain situations you know yeah it's just like i don't think it's so weird how many hats we have to put on to, to in order to be able to exist day to day and not go crazy. Yep. You know, like if if you're around a white woman and then you're alone, you have to be extra, extra, extra nice because <laughs> you don't want her to feel like you're some thug gangster dude, you know, or if you're like, you know, missing, you have to, you have to, you have to do so much just to get the benefit of the doubt, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I remember one day. Okay, I'm gonna tell you this story, and I'm gonna we can talk about something else if you want. Okay. But I was I was at um, Tipping Point, and this kid, this white kid, I was sitting next to him, and he was talking about how he got pulled over by the cops. And he was like, "Yeah, man, you know, I was I was man, I, I was so drunk, and I was speeding, man. I had this blunt out and everything, and he's just going on about how he had all these offenses, all these offenses." And, and like the guy looks at me and says, "Oh, well, you seem like a nice kid. Just let me go. You know what I mean? Like, oh, that's so." crazy and i and the whole time my mouth is just on the floor and i'm like what do you mean like do you understand that i can't have a taillight out like i do you like do you understand like i can't be driving too fast or or even too slow that if i i've gotten pulled over for like rolling stops that are barely even like do you understand i have to come to a complete stop like like complete sit there for two, three seconds, stop. Like, you know what I mean? And you're over here telling me that you were speeding with weed and drunk and this guy just lets you go. Like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Like, I would be in jail. Like, forget about it, you know? You know, do not collect $200, go straight to jail. Like, you know, done. Yep. I was also on a I was also on a um a grand jury once and they tried to is there's this kid who was walking and you know he had 0.002 ounces of weed in his pocket which is basically dust mm-hmm. residue they tried to they tried to put this kid in jail for that yeah and it, it, they just stopped this kid randomly he didn't he wasn't doing anything you know and it's just like, and I mean, you know, the case got thrown out because it's ridiculous. But that's the kind of stuff that we're talking about, and that's the, yeah. that's that's what people don't understand about like what white privilege is. It's not about money. It has nothing to do with money. Money can play a factor in it, but it's not this. It's not the prime. When people say white uh, advan- uh, 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 white privilege, it's more think about it more like a white advantage, where you're given the benefit of the doubt more often than not. Mm-hmm. You know. You know, oh, they're a good kid. You know, there, well, a few years ago, now I'm preaching now, and I need to stop. But a few years ago, there was <laughs> I'm going to give you another these, minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, there was these two people. I forgot. There's these, there's a boyfriend and girlfriend. These two white kids, and they were literally going around robbing people and killing people. It's like a modern day Bonnie and Clyde, and everyone's like, oh, they're really good kids. They just, they don't, you know, they're doing all this. And I'm like, yo, really? Wow. Yeah really but if i go down the street and my pants are sagging just a little bit i don't have to be doing anything i'm a thug yep. like really 
okay, that's how you're going to treat this, huh? Like, all right. All these people going out shooting people at churches. Oh, he's just a lone wolf. All these white supremacists. No, he's just, you know, you can't label entire people because of one person's mistake. Oh, really? Okay. Hmm. Interesting that you say that, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, anyway, that's kind of what this whole series is about. And yeah. some of these pieces are dedicated to certain people, like Tamir Rice or uh, George Steiner Jr. or Emmett Till or Eric Gardner. Um, uh, if you go through the series, uh, so yeah, I think the ones that are directly um, for somebody have that labeled underneath them. Right, yeah, it looks right. like they're labeled directly underneath them. So for people right. who are looking at that, they can go look through those. Um, before we move on from this piece specifically, uh, there's the whole thing, and, and I see this um, in my classes as well, in my art classes, that uh, most of my students are really, really into Japanese culture, um, anime, and, and just the whole thing. Um, and I find it more prevalent among among black students than among white students. Um, and, and you're into it. Is there is there something in there that, that, that speaks to you in particular? Um, for me, honestly, it's how it's how unashamed they are of certain things, right? Like Americans, this American world that we lived in. Well, maybe not as much now, but when I was younger. This whole, you know, pretend to get along and be happy and like, you know, American dream, blah, 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 and just like pretend like everything's okay when we all know it's not kind mm -hmm. of thing. You know, mm -hmm. uh, and that and that shows itself um, when, you know, our cartoons, the way we do our cartoons or the way we advertise to children is like, hey, everything's happy-go-lucky, yada, yada, you know, ooh, look, you know, hey, Arnold, there are, you know, even the Ninja Turtles, which is supposed to be violent, is somehow comical and they never hurt anybody ever despite being ninjas and despite having sharp weapons <laughs> like apparently, <laughs> you know what I mean? apparently the original comic books for ninja turtles were really dark yes they were they were they were wonderfully brutal okay. and just like yeah you know and, 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 and but the thing is anime does not shy away from that like there is blood in dragon ball like yeah. you, there is nudity in dragon ball there is cursing in Dragon Ball. Like, you know, people die in Dragon Ball. They don't go to the afterlife, whatever. They actually die and don't exist anymore. <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, uh, if you watch Ninja Scroll, there are there there's some rape scenes in there. You know, there's like, you know, it's it's very, very real and very like, no, we're going to show you this. There's people's arms getting chopped off and like, you know, to me, that was like refreshing, like to see some of that stuff. Like, whoa, wait, what? I didn't know this was a possibility. Like, we can do that. Is that something we could do? Like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and then when, and then when you dive into the social commentary of it all, and like, oh man, it's just crazy. Uh, and even just the visuals of of of, it's just it's a very adult cartoon. That it's it's an adult movie that happens to look like a cartoon that's what it is yeah and that's what i'm i'm drawn to because visually i'm a visual artist and i you know i like stuff that looks cool so you know. yeah that's true enter afro samurai enter you know akira <laughs> enter ghost in the shell yep <laughs> so. they definitely do that thing 
sorry, stretching. Okay, anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, so you do a lot of these things that are these super heavy uh, social commentary pieces. Uh, is, is all the stuff you do like that? Or is some of it more lighter and just silly stuff? Or is um, kind of how do you decide no, it, what deserves to get to be art? It, 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 it all starts off as silly stuff. Because it all starts off with my right hand at first. Um, I, th- I, there's a picture floating around somewhere of my very first battery baby. It's probably on... Uh, and it's so goofy looking and silly looking. It, and, and it's really also just an accident. I was just trying doodling and doodling and doodling. And then uh, I just drew this stupid looking thing. And I was like, oh, well, maybe it's a baby. Oh, no, no, it could be, oh, it has a battery on it. Oh, it could be a battery baby. Oh, I know. It could be like this thing where you like, you know, and you just develop the story. You just, as you're drawing it, you kind of develop the story. And then you know, years went by and I didn't really use it for anything. And this police brutality stuff came up. And I was just like, hmm, I know what to put here, you know? Uh, I see, yeah. You know? Uh, so it's, 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 it's kind of what it's kind of by circumstance, like what is happening to me or in the world at the time dictates what I use when. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, it's also just, you know, it, it all, all comes from my right hand. Um, every character that I've drawn in the past, uh, 10 years or so has been from my right hand doodles um, so uh, it's just a matter of taking those uh, um, recognizing a situation seeing which uh, character or idea fits in that situation and then drawing something um, like uh, it, it goes back to the style argument where you know you're, it's almost like your subject matter dictates to you how you should draw it not the other way around you know i don't i don't draw things and then find a subject matter to fit that you know what i mean uh i I think of an idea that i'm trying to express and say and i look around and say okay what do i have currently expresses this idea or can i can fit to express this idea so what right? what symbols do you already have drawn as visual objects can then get shoved together to make a piece that means something right right and, and sometimes i have to invent them sometimes sometimes they don't already exist mm-hmm. you know um like for instance if you take uh the piece uh pieta um, which is about George Steiny Jr., which is basically the Pieta is a famous uh, painting by Michelangelo, uh, yeah. sculpture by Michelangelo, where uh, the Virgin Mary is holding uh, a dead uh, a dead Jesus on her lap. Yeah. Um, For everybody following so along at home, it's the bottom image on Gallery 3 on your website. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and so in this case, you have two robots. George Steiny Jr. would be the Jesus in this case, and he's like, laying down on this other robot's lap all thrown you know in pieces and stuff and he also has uh the robot that's holding him has hero on his shirt so that's the other thing i played with too as far as uh instead of putting police putting hero this idea of almost like god worship like you can do no wrong like everyone wants to be a hero the good guy in their own mind however reality is something different like mm-hmm. there's how we see ourselves and then there's also how things actually are 
mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and you have this this robot looking at this other robot, like almost like it's done something wrong, or right? it it wants to help so badly, but it's also contributing to the problem at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the shape of that robot head comes from another anime, or it's it's, it's inspired from another anime called um, um, Macross. Oh, so yeah. okay. Macross, yeah. yeah, you remember Macross is the old the old, old uh, cartoons where airplanes turn into robots and they fly around. Uh-huh. Well, there's a, there's a movie called Macross Plus. And in this movie, there is a, um, there is this machine that, and this guy gives this machine this certain chip to where it becomes self-aware. And that machine is called Sharon. And she's like this tall, square-like black box. It's very sh- uh, slick and chic looking and has a red dot for the eye. And that head is based off that. It's Sharon. And okay. so so in this world also, which I forgot to mention, in this world in the battery babies, once a once a battery baby becomes more aware and it's able to form a consciousness and be able to manipulate the body that it's in, they initiate a program called Alex. And so on its chest, on the on the hero, uh, uh-huh. on its chest, you see like these little words. You can't really quite make it out, uh, but it says Alex dash zero zero nine or whatever. I see it. Yeah. So, so what they do is they take they take the, that that robot that's becoming self aware and they put a program and make it to where it now is almost like a policeman of these battery babies to keep them in line to keep them from revolting, right? Yeah. So, uh, and so that's what that so so this other robot used to be a, a smaller battery baby before it had the Alex program put on it because it, basically it knew too much. It started learning too much and they had to do something about That's it. That's got all sorts of interesting symbolic content. Right, <laughs> right. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's what that is. But so all of that fits perfectly in with, with this theme of, of, you know, a blue line complex, right? Mm-hmm. You know, old uh, thing. So, um, yeah, so I, I feel like the, the, the subject, what I'm choosing to talk about is e- even now when I was talking about um, how I'm drawing sheeple right now, mm-hmm. um, I didn't have anything currently that really fits that idea. And I, I had drawn sheeple a while ago, a long time ago. And um, so I was just like, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, sheeple fits. It doesn't fit inside of this world. It doesn't have anything to do with anything in, in, in the dialogue that I already have. Um, so I'm just going to make some. I'm just going to make some sheeple that fit this idea, you know, of this idea of blindly just following anybody or blindly following whatever politics or whatever Fox News says or whatever, you know, without devoid of actual truth, devoid, devoid of actual fact and, like, you know, I'm just going to, you know, believe anything anyone ever tells me because they must be right because they're on the news channel, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and for those, uh, um, are there any of those up on on Instagram or anywhere for people um, to see? Th- there are some on Instagram and there are some on my Facebook. <clears throat> okay. On the Akachi Facebook okay. uh, page. Um, there's only, there, I haven't gotten too terribly far into I have a lot of drawings that I haven't posted, but, um, finished uh or i guess the first phase of a finished drawing i have about three of those maybe three or four of those up um and they're just the digital version um, 
so so are those going to be the um the 24 by 24 or are you moving more yeah. towards that I, I noticed that, that your your most recent show um it looks like all those are five by sevens yes okay so the so, reality is not real ones yeah right so the reality is not real is a different all those are painted with my with my right hand mm -hmm. so i don't i don't impose any rules or regulations on my right hand at all i it, whatever i do is what i do and i, I come up with the style um for this for this particular series, I chose not to do the whole left-handed thing. This this body of works is about dyslexia and dealing with dyslexia and and all the pros and cons that come with that. Uh, because there are there are a lot of pros, but there are some cons too. Um, one of those pros is also visualization and being able to assemble objects uh, in your mind and rotate objects in your head. Um, um, yeah, it, it's like a it's like a, a mind mapping. Uh, you have like a matrix in your brain that allows you to like assemble things. Uh, that's easier. that's interesting. Do you so you do find it easier to do like the spatial awareness stuff than than you think most people have? Oh yeah, yeah. Like I'll I mean I'll I'll like you know there's lots of times where I was just like it's kind of funny because sometimes. I'll, I'll catch myself trying to draw something or sketch something in an hour pass and I have not drawn anything. And I just, the only thing I've done is sat there and just stared and got lost into a white square, which is my sheet of paper, you know, mm -hmm. and, because I'm just building, I'm building things in my head. Mm -hmm. um, um, and sometimes I just bypass that and just like, just, just start drawing any, you, so, so when I'm drawing with my left hand, that happens a lot. Okay, because I'm trying to be very purposeful. But if I'm drawing, if I'm drawing with my right hand, mm -hmm. I just, I, I just doodle. It doesn't matter. Like I don't, I'm not trying to find. It's like uh, when Michelangelo is trying to, with it, he's trying to free the person in the stone, mm -hmm. right? I'm, not, I'm not trying to free the drawing in the paper. I'm just, I'm just doing it with my right hand. Yeah. Um, and with my left is more of a very conscious, very um, specific kind of thing. Um. So, um, so yeah, the, 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 sheeple will be 24 by 24 when, it, when I'm done with it and uh, it'll, be, it'll be physical, actual objects, uh, yeah. when I'm done with it. But, um, the, the dyslexia series is strictly based off of just, Hey, this is the only thing the series will ever be about that. I, this is it. This is like the full conclusion of what it is. It's not going to morph into anything else. Like this is what it is. How I draw that can change. But what the thing actually is is finite, and it will is never changing. Um, and so I also chose to draw it with my opposite hand because it fits the theme, right? And the, yeah. the, one of the theme is that right reality is not real, and it's also like this idea of dual realities of where something may seem a certain way to me, but not a certain way to you, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and there's multiple different ways to solve a problem, and part of this problem for me was also like recognizing that like okay because there are different ways to to solve this problem there's there needs to be a different way that i solve this problem which is the, these series of works mm -hmm. and so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna i'm gonna use something that i'm 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 comfortable with but i'm not as familiar with and i'm just gonna draw everything with my opposite hand uh, uh so that's 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 what that that's what that is and even even in these drawings they still have red eyes 
Yeah, Sometimes they may not have – they may st- still may not have blue skin. Sometimes they may have blue in it, uh, but um, they all have red eyes. Um, and there's also a little bit of symbolism with, like, there's some little squiggles that kind of look like bees. Uh-huh. They're, like, little weird, like, uh, zigzaggy things with they have wings, and they're like, kind of like bees. That's like, that's like a nod to, like, the spelling bee, you know. Um, and – Explain that one. It's like it's like a not to a spelling bee, like you know. Um, so dyslexia. Oh, for like dyslexia. Have, okay. Yep. Yeah, I, yeah, I got yeah. it. I figured it out. <laughs> right, 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 right. So, but here's the thing, though. Dyslexia is not defined by having problems reading or recognizing symbols on a page. Okay, those are symptoms of what's actually going on. It, that is not like it's not it's not about reading at all. It's about how you process information. It's how your brain is wired to process information. It's the so, transposition of symbols, right? Kind of, yeah. And it's just like, so, okay, so anytime I do a series, I kind of, I, I read up on a few things. Uh, partly because it has to do with me anyway. So th- this is, okay, so if you have a person with dyslexia, uh, the way their brain, the brain communicates is, or relays messages is that, uh, you have dendrites or, or your different cells that um, shoot uh, energy to each other to communicate. Mm-hmm. And um, in uh, a person who has dyslexia, those cells, your cells are spread further apart, which means that signal has to travel further to get to its destination. Huh. All right. So, so for me, reading, so reading takes five times as much energy for me to do than another person Ugh. and for that reason you get tired you get very tired e- a lot easier when it comes to reading and recognizing uh symbols like that uh and so sometimes sometimes words will morph into other words mm-hmm. sometimes you just get extremely tired and just go to sleep sometimes your vision gets blurry you can't focus um um, sometimes you can read a word and you just won't understand what it says. It's just like speaking Chinese or something. You can read a word, but you just you. I don't know. I don't know what that means. I don't know what it says. I have no idea what it. I don't know what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, because your brain gets tired, it gets fatigued. Um, but um, so that's what's happening. That's the that's that's the symptom of what is going on. Mm-hmm. So one of the good parts about that is when we come up with solutions. Because our thoughts basically travel to all kinds of regions on our brain, because our cells are spread out a little bit further, that means we come up with solutions that are far more creative, usually, because we have to draw upon other parts of our brain to make in that information. Uh-huh. Um, um, so we're very good at seeing. Um, uh, we're very good at seeing. Um, systems as a whole and giving and giving um commentary or giving advice or giving direction as to how that system functions we're not very good at minute details of things right Mm -hmm. so so for instance like i know your name wyndham i know your name because i've said it so many times it's not because that i understand that name it's just because i remember that because i've said it so many times when i think of wyndham i literally see your face I yeah. literally see you. I really, literally have an understanding of your personality. Words do not mean anything, to me, right? So, like, 
if you That's you know those games yeah it, it's it, i know who you are because i know who you are not because of what you are called now i have a bunch right? of word games that i want to play with you no no because <laughs> re- you, know, you will fail you will fail sir because i don't play word games oh no I no see. i do not do that and and when people and when people are trying to be weird with me or we're in an argument or they're trying to be like slick and using like semantics oh it, that's not like, nice i will call you out on it but like, listen i know you know what i'm saying yeah. i know you understand the context of what i'm saying yes i said this word but you know what i mean by it stop playing with me yeah you know because i cannot do i cannot like no we are not doing that <laughs> okay <laughs> like <laughs> I'm, I, it's it's I mean you know and and that 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 really frustrates me a lot especially when you oh, know someone yeah. knows what you're talking about and they just say oh well this word blah 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 it's like listen yeah you know I said this word but you know what I mean so stop like stop stop playing the game yeah I you think know? that that could be a problem for a lot of people is which side of yeah. that they fall on and who they're who they're speaking to and whether or not it uh it's a cooperative conversation or a uh, right or a right. antagonistic conversation right and 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 i don't know if you know this but one third roughly 30 percent of people in america have dyslexia a lot of people don't even know they have it i didn't think it was that high in the u.s you know no it's it's high like i i want i originally i want to say in the world but i'm not too sure about the world but in america you know it's one third of people like it's crazy you know yeah. um and some because it's in some cases it's more severe than others. There have been cases where you know I still write certain things upside down and back. I used to oh I used to draw upside down and backwards when I was younger. Oh really? Yeah, I used to draw and write upside down and backwards. And it's I also remember weird. figuring it out. Yeah. Um. So um. Um. What was I gonna say? Uh. Now, when I, I have an interesting question about that. When when you were doing the more realistic um, kinds of art, did you find that you'd transpose features on people's faces and things, like like, le- like left to right? No, no. I mean, like, I mean, it, it, it. No, when when I was drawing, I mean, it never. The thing is, you don't know you're doing it until you know you do it. Like sometimes, like this is why multiple choice. Que- oh, so this is why school is is poses problems because for the person with dyslexia especially for multiple choice questions mm-hmm. if we actually understand a subject remember i told you about how seeing it um seeing systems as a whole and understanding yeah. how it as a whole influences each other we could make arguments as to why a is the answer and also c is the answer mm-hmm. and also b could kind of be the answer if it wasn't for this this and this yeah. We could argue that. It's not because it's like it's not like we don't know what's happening. The problem is we know too well what is happening. Mm-hmm. You know? And so you have to by process of elimination, like you have to say, okay, well, I know for a fact that this isn't right. There's you know, there's always one or two questions or answers on there that's just blatantly wrong. Right? Yeah. But the problem comes when you have two close questions two questions that are somewhat similar or could be argued. At that point, you have a 50-50 chance of getting it right yeah. because it's a guess. Because I don't know what you, teacher, have in your brain what you think is the right answer. <laughs> so you guess. Oh, yeah. And you cross your fingers and hope it's right. 
you know, is not that I don't know the answer. It's just that you have an answer that you want. And I literally have had many teachers do that. And it's like, oh, well, that's not the answer I'm looking for. Like, I don't give a flying fish about what your answer is. Like, this is right. Like, what do you mean right now? <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, I think that's just it's so also a collection of bad teachers. Uh. Oh, yeah. Also a very collection of bad teachers. Right? Um, so, um, yeah, that, that can be very problematic um, sometimes uh, when, when you're teaching. Yeah. Yeah. And um, just to get back to, to some of your stuff and um, and your work specifically, uh, why did you choose the material set that you chose? Why this and not mm -hmm. sculpture? Why why um, this and not like just solid oil painting or why this oh. and not digital work? What is what's oh, what's this group of things got for you? Group, uh, group of things as in left hand or, or versus right or just my no as here. in as in uh why did you choose you know pen and ink and a little mm -hmm. bit of digital and then what what paint do you use do you use acrylic or uh i i use i i paint with acrylic and watercolor and or watercolor at some point and you said you did it on wood board right yeah oh uh okay so yeah so, so why with... so why that collection of stuff and not say on pieces of aluminum or on pieces of glass or on a more traditional canvas um... So ease comes into play. Um, so also, um, so on on the wooden panels, I also use spray paint as well. Okay. Um, and I also use wooden panels on there as well because once you do a layer, you can sand it, ah. which creates a very interesting textures, and that's how I get that weathered look. So I'll paint something. There's like there's like ten and twelve layers on each one of those paintings. Where okay. I'll paint something in. I'll paint something. So this is part of the visualization. I will paint something and then completely paint over that with something else, knowing that when I sand it, there's certain, I, I want a very specific element to kind of come through. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Right. So, um, and you can also, you know, scratch it and do all kinds of stuff on the wooden panel. That's, that's one reason. Cause I also love the weathered look. I got this idea from like watching trains, like graffiti on trains and the old buildings and stuff. Mm -hmm. They have this wonderful, it's like a wonderful poetry that you see when something is weathered. It's just like it's been through a lot. You know what I mean? It's been through some stuff, but it's still kind of there. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I, I like that idea. So, uh, which is the same thing as which same thing as with black people. You know, we've been through a lot, but we're still <laughs> we're still hanging around. You know, it's yeah. the same thing with graffiti and same. Oh, you're gonna rub us? You, oh, you're gonna you're gonna, you're gonna rub out my, my, my tag. Okay, that's cool. I'll just paint it again. I'll keep painting again. Oh, I'll go over here and I'll paint it again. Like I exist. <laughs> And you will see that I exist one way or the other. Well, and then yeah. and then the the use of acrylic is for is for ease, or is that for for the ability to modify it, or what? Yeah, well, I mean, all of it's free. So, like the like I said, the 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 style is by choice. So there's very specific things that I can do specifically with acrylic paints. You know, you can water them down, you can thicken them up, you can sand it easy, and plus they dry. Yeah. Like I oh, am yeah. not they gonna spend fast. a year <laughs> I'm not gonna spend a year painting one picture. I'm sorry. It's not gonna happen. Like, you know Oh yeah, that's fair. And plus oils are very expensive and very messy and then you mineral spirits and you smell and just like it's just crazy. It's too much it's too much drama. It's just too much. Yeah. You know, like I need to do what I need to do to do and I need to be done and I need to move on to something else. And I guess that, that that's use of spray paint as well as the speed at which you can uh get a layer on yeah 
Yeah. And also the reason why I use pen and ink thing is because, you know, I, I've done some digital paintings and it's 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 actually very non fulfilling at all. It's just it's it doesn't feel like you've done anything. It's oh like, really? You don't you don't find it you don't find it as the same satisfaction of doing it for real? No, not no, not at all. Not even close. It's like running a marathon in a car. Like <laughs> did you really run that did you really run that marathon? Mm, I don't think so. <laughs> like, you know? Uh <laughs> there'll be a bunch of digital artists that are really bad right now <laughs> yeah you know i mean hey but, but that's the thing i grew up drawing on pencil and paper like i physically drawing things mm -hmm. i need to feel that i have physically drawn something you know and so that's my compromise it's like okay well you know what i will draw this ink it and then scan it and do the rest digitally that's my compromise because one I can't, I'm not going to sit there and spend hours and days drawing and painting something, right? Because my arms will start hurting. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to ink it and then just do all the, the coloring in, you know, uh, uh, in the computer and be done with that. Um, yeah, so then those are so those it, are printed out and then cut out and then applied to your panels? Uh, so, so they're decal stickers, right? So like, okay. they're, they're printed. I take them to a, a place... Uh, and I have them printed out as decals, as, as stick on this vinyl sticker ma um, material, yeah. and then you, you then you peel them off and then apply them to to whatever you want to apply them to. That's cool. Yeah, I guess that's a good way to do it. Yeah. And plus, that also means that I also instead so now since I have the line work mm -hmm. and the line work is digital and it, I use uh, I turn the line work into vector paths. Yeah. That means I have those lines forever now. And I can manipulate it now. I can take a character that I've already drawn, take out all the color, apply them in a different situation, and recolor it and make it fit into something else. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like a, it's like a library of imagery that I forever have. I have all these puzzle pieces now. Yeah, you have so, all that vector so, art. I assume you're using Illustrator for that. Right, and so, okay. and so some of the pieces, like when I did the um, the Ferguson Memorial piece uh, with the, the Battery Baby, the the Blue Line Complex. Yeah. All those arms, all those arms are drawn separately. Oh God! On a different, on like on eighteen by twenty-four sheet of paper, and I went to a place and had them scanned. So all the line work I still have, and I can reuse that for anything if I want to. I can reuse that for anything I want. That's cool. So which also prevents me having to redraw things, which also prevents my arms from hurting. That's so fair. I mean, you see the trend here? Like, yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> work, work smarter, not harder. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Which is so funny, considering how incredibly prolific you are. Well, I guess it allows it. Well, I mean, that, that that's that's one thing. It's like, okay, you know, like, I, I don't particularly like talking about my skill set as far as because I don't ever want to feel like I'm bragging about something. Yeah. But, well, you get to brag today. It, it, is, it, is, it is, but I also recognize where I'm at. Like, being an artist, yes, you should be humble, but you also should recognize certain truths. Like, I am a good artist. I can draw things. Yeah. Okay, I can draw a lot of different kinds of things. I, I had one time I was in when I was in SCAD, I had a friend. I was drawing some kind of realistic thing, and then and the next hour I was drawing some weird cartoony thing. And he came up to me and asked me, like, how are you able to just switch like that? Yep. And I'm thinking, like, how are you not able to switch like that? Like, if yep. you can draw something realistic, like, it should be easy just to dumb it down. Like, if you can draw a realistic person, just draw the same person, but just don't make it realistic. Like, just draw, a, you know, a generalized eye instead of a very specific eyeball like what's hard about that you know 
Yeah, well, some people. I know some people some who people have really that can't issue. Do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people really just can't do that. So it's just like you know, I can switch styles on a dime. I can be drawing, you know, you know, I can be drawing goofy watercolors and then turn around and draw Wolverine and then turn around and draw like <laughs> a portrait of Obama and then turn around and draw like, you know, it, you know, if you can draw, you can draw. Period is what I'm saying. It's like, style is a choice, right? It mm-hmm. goes back to the idea of style is a choice. What you choose to do is a style. You know, it's not the only thing I can do. I can do all kinds of, you know. Um, so, so yeah. well, is there is there anything else you'd like to to cover today? I think that's about got it for my list of uh, questions yeah. and interests in your art styles and. Yeah, I. I one thing I would say is, um, if, if anyone gets anything, would be to, if you want to be good in the future, you have to start now. Hey, you that's know? a good thought. And, Look at that. You know, right, exactly. And when you start, don't expect to be good. The blessing of having starting when you're a child or younger is that you don't care about the results per se. Yeah. Like, like, well... You care what the results are, but you don't care. Like, you know what I mean? Like, when I was little, I used to have a really bad temper. I, like, horrible. Like, if, if I messed up on a drawing that took me out, I would, I would scream and yell and throw things and punch walls and all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I would run, I would walk away pissed off. And then, then an hour later, I would come back and do it over again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know? Um, and it's like, Go in, when you're learning something, and, and, and that's the thing when, when you're when you're old. You after you're a child, you're you are older longer than you are being a child. Hopefully, if you don't yeah. die before, <laughs> right? Yes. So people forget. People forget, and it's just like people forget how to learn. And well, you and, also and forget instead, how to be bad at something. You're right about that. Right. Like there's right. some value right. in knowing that being bad at something is just the first step at being sort of okay at something which is the first exactly. step at being kind of okay yeah and... exactly and 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 when you grow up in this horrible school system they train you to only give the right answer they don't celebrate yeah. the wrong when you're a kid they say oh what's his name dog ah ha ha so funny no his name's not, not dog is it? but if you do that in school yeah it's like just wrong. you get reprimanded yeah it's like no, you're wrong. You're like, oh, I can't believe you did that. Blah blah blah. You know. There's no progress so, towards the right answer. Right, right, yeah. and and so we we're 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 that idea of exploration is beat out of us. Yeah. So when it comes to drawing or doing something else that we're not familiar, we don't want to do it because it's not going to be right or it has to be perfect. Like no, guess what? It's not perfect for me either. Mm-hmm. That's why I have to keep doing it every day. You know, mm-hmm. like, uh, um. And so, so when you start doing something, you start now knowing that you're going to be bad, but also knowing that you are going to improve so that five years from now, ten years from now, you can be good at it, you know? Um, the same thing with music, same thing with drawing, same thing with anything that, that requires any type of, of skill or learned behavior. And I, I, I really resist this idea of, oh, you're just born talented. Oh, you're just... You know, some of it does have to do with the body that you are born in. Yes. And some of it does have to do with the circumstances that you're put in. Yes, that is true. However, there's also a thing that is called work, you know? Yep. And 
when I was a kid, when my sister or whoever was out playing or went to a friend's house and I couldn't go, guess where I was? I was at the house. Guess what I was doing? Drawing. You know? Yep. Like I, you know, plus since I didn't have a lot of a, a lot of friends that I talked to or anything like that, I didn't really have. I never felt like I belonged anywhere. So guess what I would do? I would bring my sketchbook everywhere and I would draw. That's what I. That's how I spent my childhood. Yep. <laughs> okay. Yep. Like I mean, I mean, I did I did other things too. Now I wasn't strictly do doing that, but like, the point is, you know. In every situation, I sought opportunities to draw things, you know, yep. and there's pros and cons to that. And in everything in life, you only have three things in life. You have your time, you have your resources, uh, well, you, you have your time, your resources, and your relationships. Mm -hmm. Re resources as in money, as in yeah, not yeah. necessarily money, but anything at your disposal. Those are the th those are the three things that we have, right? Mm -hmm. And by using those things, you also sacrifice some of those things. If I spend all my time doing X, that means I cannot do Y. If I spend all my resources on Michael Jordan shoes, that means I cannot buy paper. If, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. if, if if I spend all my re you know right? So so like, we have the time, we have the resources. It's just that we've used it, all, we've used up all of our collateral doing something else. Mm -hmm. We saw something else was more important, and therefore we did that thing instead of practicing your guitar or practicing your trumpet. You decided, you know what? I'm just going to watch TV all day today because yeah. I want to see all the episodes of Ninja Turtles. <laughs> and instead of doing – right? Like, yeah. I mean, I did that too. I played a lot of video games in my in my childhood. You know what I mean? Like, that, that was real. I was a huge gamer for, for a while. So, like – but then also in college, you know – uh, even in high school, I kind of gave up television, mm -hmm. you know, and I would just, I would just draw. I would just drew all day, not all day. I mean, that's that's probably not the right way to say that. But I just, I, I chose to spend my time doing something else other than watching TV because honestly, a lot of TV is just stupid and boring anyway. <laughs> like seriously, it's just the same recycled ideas over and over and over again with different yep. people. All right. So, um, anyway, I don't want to get on tangent on that because I can't. Oh no, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that that's a good. I think that that's a really good thought to um, end on the the amount of practice and work and the fact that it's totally okay to be bad at stuff for a while. Um, yeah, it's necessary to be bad at stuff. Well, it's necessary <laughs> to be bad at stuff for a while. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, man. Well, thank you for joining us today. Uh, it's been a great yeah. talk, and hopefully, yeah. everybody got to see something new and hear something new. I definitely did. Um, I now know about the universe of your little dudes and definitely want a kid's book explaining the uh -oh. origin story of your of your universe. Watch out. Yep, you got to get to it. Okay. <laughs> I, I have to start now, so 10 years from now I can be done. Correct. Get get to it. All right. All right. Well, I'll talk to you later, Thanks, man. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks, man.